Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to the realest podcast in the dunya, the three Muslims. Today we're joined with a very special guest, Sister Om Kaka, who we had literally two nights ago. How's it going? Yeah, that was two nights ago. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. So Brother Rami is just getting set up. Inshallah, he will join very soon. For anyone that missed the live stream that we did with her and two other sisters from about two days ago, make sure you watch that. That is a that is a must watch. A lot of gems in there, inshallah. But today, inshallah, we're going to be talking about a full guide to the modern day nikah to getting married for women today, Muslim women specifically to the Muslimas. Um, before we go into it, sister, do you have anything that you want to address um going into it not really but before we get into the actual topic definitely want to say again this is um a great time to donate to turkey and syria uh don't forget about this don't get burnt out i know it's difficult with all the pictures that we've been seeing the videos that we've been seeing but this is when the umma needs you most so inshallah try to like you know somebody said that this is the best time to empty out your savings like this is the time to give so Inshallah, give freely and trust that it will not decrease your wealth. Alhamdulillah. That was a beautiful reminder, guys. We already have a link in the in the description box for a donation for charity to relief. Please hit that up. Every dollar counts, inshallah. And this is this is definitely something that's, that you're going to spend money on, and it's only going to make you richer, inshallah, as the sister said. So inshallah. with this being said, um, du'as are also important, aside from just money if you can't donate. Keep uh, keep the umma in your du'as, um, and inshallah, we'll get through this. Now, first things first, with regards to this topic, um, when it comes to the modern-day marriage, you hear a lot of heaviness on this topic, right? And I believe that it's led by almost this Western sense of um, pressure when it comes to marriage. I think that when you look at Hollywood, when you look at the media, they, they almost place like this over-the-top dramatic seriousness when it comes to marriage like it's it's a lot of commitment but when you look at islam you know we understand yes. that so mentioned that the difference between halal and haram is two witnesses a mahar and a wali that's it so mm-hmm. in islam it's not necessarily something that is difficult it's not something that is grandioso um so why do you think a lot of muslim women despite that still have some type of heaviness towards marriage I mean, I think you're totally right. I think the permanence of it is one thing that scares a lot of people. But actually, the permanence is the most beautiful part, especially, I think, from a female perspective. Because um, men are still, like, you know, polygynous by nature. So there's a little bit of that. But for women, there's nothing more beautiful than being tied down to one man, honestly. Having a man and having a husband that you can trust 100%, that you can submit to 100%, and you sign off your life to, in a way, basically, obviously, after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is the most beautiful thing. Like, it brings you so much sakina. It brings you so much peace. It brings you so much, like, you know... Uh, in your life actually so uh, but it's again just western brainwashing basically because you have to remember the west wants to basically uh, use you and make the most out of you so if one woman is married to a man that's it she's she's not available for anyone else basically um and the west doesn't want that like they don't again the attack on the family home basically um, the structure because families make up societies and if a society is strong if a community is strong um, how's the government going to control you mm. 
That is that is very important. I didn't even think about it like that, subhanAllah. Um, and I think a lot of Muslim women are beginning to realize that because, to be honest, and the more you get to understand the Muslim psychology, you begin to realize that deep down, if her fitra is intact, she actually wants kids. She wants to get married young. Mm -hmm. She wants all these traditional things. But it's almost like this front that she has to put up. You know what I mean? And exactly. I, I notice this a lot more with women than men. I know they're going to come at us, but the reality is that as men, I found out that regardless of how people perceive us, we tend to stand by what we believe in more. But women, just because of the way that Allah has designed them, they're a little bit more yeah. conscientious of what their peers think. So it's if yeah. the status quo is, let's say, we need to be uh, valuing everyone of all different ways of life and thinking and ideologies, then that's what we got to do. You know what I mean? They're a little bit more softer when it comes to that. And may Allah bless them for that. But mm -hmm. deep down, they still have the same values as a Muslim should. But yeah. they just don't project no. that. Mm -hmm. That's true. No, so even me personally, actually, it's funny because so I got married at 20, right? But right up until 20, literally, I was always um, like, you know, I was basically focusing on uh, like my education. I, I actually graduated and literally got married like the next week. Um, after my bachelor's and but even until then like whenever I would have conversations with my professors or my like you know peers and stuff I would be talking about oh yeah I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that and I'm gonna be a neuroscientist because I, I I have a degree in neuroscience so I was just talking about oh, oh these are the labs that I'm looking at and these are the labs that I'm gonna be joining and all this stuff basically so you're right even I was falling for that peer pressure even though I knew I was about to just get married and sit at home comfortably for the rest of my life basically but it's really hard to it's really hard as women to um, just accept and kind of give in to the fitra when literally the entire world basically is telling you to do the opposite and telling you that the only thing that's praiseworthy is if you're a career woman. Mm, subhanallah. Allah mubarak, I didn't even know you you studied neuroscience. May Allah bless you for that. And at the end of the day, seeking knowledge and all this, even in secular sciences, there's nothing wrong with that, right? But we need to understand our priorities. Anytime we do these things at the expense of exactly. what Allah ordained for us in rights and roles and responsibilities, that's when things get a little bit techy. But if we can find that balance and understand where to put our priorities in life, in this dunya, in this short life, I think we'll succeed that way. And Allah makes that you know promise to us very clearly. Um, so this being said, let's go right into it. Rami, do you have anything you want to address? I don't even really know what we're talking about, to be honest. Today, we are talking about a full guide to marriage for the Muslim. All right, this is just for the sisters mainly. Uh, but the brothers can, I, I guess, learn some game on this too, inshallah. Uh, inshallah. So the first thing we want to talk about, inshallah, is before it even gets to marriage, right? Because marriage is, is something that, you know, once it gets there, it's a big commitment. And it's not that big of a commitment, right? But it is something that requires some level of footwork before you get into it. So... Mm -hmm. Why don't we go into some of the basic things that you believe a Muslim, a sister, should have down pat before she even considers marriage? I mean, I think it's pretty, uh, again, with the overemphasis on waiting until you're ready, I don't like that that concept of, well, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. Why are you not ready? I know people that are 26. Now, I'm 20. Uh, I'm in my mid-20s. I don't want to give away my age, but basically, yeah. I already have two kids. Um, and I know people my age who are still saying that they're not ready, but they're not realizing that they're literally wasting their potential. Like, 
um, don't put too much emphasis on getting ready for marriage. But there are some basic things that you should. Um, emotional maturity definitely is important. Um, you have to, and emotional maturity also like, you're going to learn that as you go as well. But I think the most important thing is having like an open mind basically and be willing to learn. Le like have, you have to be able to accept that you're entering this marriage with your husband as a leader. So once you're entering, once you can accept that, if you have that down, that's really all you need because he's he's going to be, inshallah, uh, we'll get to how to choose like a husband who's a proper emir basically because that's also really important. But once you do that, then it becomes like, you know, then you're just following in his footsteps. Basically, you're following in his guidelines. And But you have to have the humility and you have to accept prior to getting into the marriage that you have this intention to be led basically so i think um having that mindset is important but other than that really basic things like i mean if you don't know how to cook you can learn to cook uh cleaning i don't know anybody who doesn't know how to clean like it's that these are super basic things so i don't think we should be overcomplicating marriage with a bunch of like long uh, boxes that you need to take tick off before you are ready mm -hmm. for marriage girls you've heard it here first it's actually very simple Let's not complicate things. But for a lot of the sisters that say, oh, I don't want to cook. I don't have to clean. Who said I got to do all this? What would you say to that? Um, I think if you're OK, I think, OK, if you don't do it, who's going to do it? Because you're living, um, you're, it depends on the kind of arrangements that are made between the husband and wife, right? I'm not totally against women working. I, I mean, I definitely didn't prefer it for myself. If you're doing it for fun, go ahead. Um, but again, women working, there's so many problems with that, basically, because it kind of puts you, um, it puts you in your masculine, basically. And I would try to avoid that um, in as much as you can uh, to maintain your femininity, uh, to make it easier for you to be uh, a good wife, honestly, because, um, uh, when you start earning, when you're contributing financially to the household women, um, because we weren't really made for that. Allah made, uh, the husband, the provider. So when women try to, uh, play roles that were not meant for them, it messes up the dynamics of a relationship. That's what I believe. And this is key. Rami, I'm sure you agree with that. A lot of people don't know about that. But when it comes to women that are, you know, in work and in careers, they are in their masculinity way more than their femininity, mm -hmm. even to exceed mm -hmm. and excel in these higher upper echelons of academia, in work, in career, it takes a certain amount of disagreeability, right? And on top of that, yes. their bodies weren't designed for this level of stress, too. Um, when you look at a man, when you look at his hormonal cycle with his testosterone, it actually peaks early during the day. There's cortisol. It's it's built perfectly for this work life, for this this career or whatever he wants to do. But when you look at a woman's cycle, which is more monthly, it's it's necessarily not developed for her to be out here grinding 24-7, hustling during the day. It's it's just not designed that way. And, and I'm not saying women can't do that because clearly it's proven that women can. But this discussion... Mm -hmm what's optimal and what's not optimal exactly exactly i agree alhamdulillah so this being said let's say that she has all these affairs in order um one last thing i wanted to cover on before she considers marriage is let's say she has issues 
right? Let's say she has baggage or she has some type of, you know, unresolved mental stuff from her childhood, whatever you call it. What do you think she should do with these types of things? Do you think that, because this is not as easy as, I don't know how to cook. Let me watch some YouTube videos or let me ask my mom how to cook. This is stuff that right. she could be bringing into the marriage that could sabotage it. Um, or this mm-hmm. could be stuff that she deals with. So what would you say to that? So I think one thing to understand is that as human beings, we are all flawed, right? Nobody's perfect. Nobody's coming in with a total, like, you know, a, a perfect mindset and um, able to have zero baggage. Everybody has some level of baggage, basically, but you're right. And you do end up, and women especially, we have a problem with self-sabotage almost. Um, so things like that, if you are dealing with, uh, like, you know, like maybe you have some kind of past uh, and you're worried about that carrying into your um, marriage, one thing I would say is, look, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that once you repent sincerely, it's gone, it's over, it's erased literally, right? You're not going to be, if you really repent from it and if you change your ways and you don't go back to it, then that's basically erased. So we have to also kind of have that mindset and be willing to forgive ourselves in a way and just make up your mind that this is a new beginning. This is a totally uh, fresh start. Uh, you can't mm. you can't go into marriage with preconceived notions about oh uh, uh, in the past I was treated like this by men and this is uh, this is the same mindset I'm going to be entering a marriage with because the, those men that you had those experiences with they were different they're not your husband your husband is different um, it's not the same guy uh, at least I hope you're not marrying the kind of guy that would treat you like trash which again we have to talk about how to vet the right guy basically. Um, but yeah, just don't let, uh, one thing is obviously to avoid all of these things to begin with, right? Because I think this is something that um, the red pill community kind of talks about a lot too, like women with baggage and women with trauma. Why would you want a woman with trauma? It's it's easier for like, you know, to, uh, it's easier to marry women that are kind of fresh in a way you could say, I guess. Um, and it's because of this. So uh, first of all, try to refrain from um, like, you know, too many interactions with the opposite sex, because uh, that will affect how you see your husband. But if uh, what's in the past is in the past, you can't change it, right? And if you've had now this um, kind of enlightenment, basically, and you're not like that anymore, and you're trying to change, then uh, give yourself the grace and understand that you can be different, that you can change uh uh, the past and you can't you can prevent the past from carrying over into your future you are worthy of goodness in your future have good expectations uh not just from men not just from your future husband inshallah but also from allah trust that if you're making an effort for allah's sake that he will take care of you as well that he will give you good he's not going to try you Allah doesn't want to test you unnecessarily Allah doesn't want to cause you pain so there's also that element of having to work basically um along with trying not to let like you know past uh past preconceived notions like affect your future relationships mm, this is key because how many how many of us men and women both we we beat ourselves up and we can't even forgive ourselves for what we've done in the past and for the things that we've been through and we we close ourselves off to the idea that we do deserve a good life and we do have a happy ending you know what i mean um so this yeah. being said there's there's a comment that subhanallah i know me and the army are about to get heated but before we even go in if you want to address this uh, i hear this argument a lot what about khadija anha wasn't she a businesswoman? Wasn't she a career woman? Wasn't she a boss babe, so to speak? What would you say about that? 
Astaghfirullah. So Khadija radiallahu anha was not a boss babe by any uh, standards. Um, that's offensive to even imply. Uh, she did she did conduct business, but again, she did that through men. Um, she didn't. She wasn't going out and trading herself. She wasn't surrounded and she wasn't standing in the marketplace, um, shoulder to shoulder with men the way that women have to be now, especially like you know in an office setting where you have to compete basically, and it's like you know. All these things, Hazrat Khadija radiallahu anha was not doing that. It's okay for women to have businesses. It's okay for women to have incomes, but again, there's some uh, some careers that are better than others. So there's some business, uh, like you know, online businesses now. You can literally run it from the comfort of your home, uh, alhamdulillah. And there's many practicing women I know who are doing that, while also totally maintaining their femininity in the best ways. And they're amazing wives, and they're, uh, you know, they're just able to have that proper concept of like you know my husband is still the provider hands down like there's no question about that i'm just doing this for um you know my own fulfillment or some extra money sure and it's not it doesn't have to uh just because you're working doesn't mean you have to be like you know assertive doesn't mean you have to be the dominant one doesn't mean you have to wear the pants in the relationship at all yeah and if if someone if a sister wants to take Khadija radiallahu anha as an example you know that's not a problem in and of itself but take all of her as an example don't just isolate one thing and then you run away from the rest you know yeah she had a business and um the prophet and other men would go conduct that business in the world for her but at the same time when the prophet would come back she would have the house tidy clean quiet and uh, she would have food ready for the prophet sallallahu you know so if you have some kind of business, given that it's halal online or something, no problem. But as a mother, you still have children, you still have the house, you know. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, cleaning and, and cooking is only for the women. Because there are instances where the Prophet would do his own chores and stuff as well. So it's not to say mm-hmm. it's only yes. on the women. But there is a huge responsibility for the women when it comes to tidying up the house when the man is out of the house. Because he's physically not even there to clean. So right. um, keep that mm-hmm. in mind. Some people, some people are wondering about you know that brother slingshot that did a shadow with us on the chat. They're like, "Oh, did you actually convert? Did you do this?" He did. Like, let's leave it to Allah. He did a shahada with us. He didn't join the stream because we were having technical difficulties. But he's still a Muslim, bro. Slingshot, don't don't read the comments. But Alhamdulillah, today we are going to have another brother, inshallah, that wants to take the shahada towards the end of the stream. Uh, he will join us, inshallah. So this being said, I think both of you made very brilliant points regarding that to clarify that. So there should be no misinformation anymore regarding that. Uh, using Khadija radiallahu anha as a as an escape goat to basically say, you know what? Therefore, I can have a career. I don't have to worry about my family. This is this is foolish. This is delusion. Um, so this being said, let's move on to. Uh, since we talked about some basic things that women should have in order, I think the last thing we should look at before vetting a man and worrying about marriage is what are traits of a woman that men find desirable that she should try to embody. I think agreeableness is probably the number one top of the list, basically. Um, How willing are you to be led in the relationship? How willing are you to listen to your husband um, when he says like, you know, when he says things that maybe don't even make sense to you? Because uh, one thing that um, that happens sometimes is 
the woman says, oh, yeah, I'm sure you wouldn't ask me something that wouldn't make sense. So, of course, I would listen to you. Why would I not listen to you? No, but see, it's not, it shouldn't be, your obedience shouldn't be dependent on you agreeing with him. That's not how obedience works. And there is obedience to the husband. It's different, obviously, from obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But there is obedience to the husband as well. So, uh, um, and it... It will, there will be instances where you won't agree with him, where it won't make sense to you. But even in those times, you have to, that's when your obedience is really tested. If you already agree with him, then what's the big deal in you doing what he says, basically? That's, that's you just doing what you wanted to do anyway. So uh, um, having this, having um, agreeableness, basically, being humble um, and willing to like, you know, just um, like, acknowledge that he is the leader this is really super important i think and that's what's most important to men because men um they have this in their nature where they are the leaders and they they need to be respected and that respect is going to be tested when you don't agree with him basically so um if you're and then the other thing i would say is one thing is <laughs> learn to hold your tongue basically um, and this comes with time uh inshallah but also just try to like you know work on like just because you're triggered, just because you're upset with something, try to not bring it up immediately. Don't talk it about it. Because if you jump into it immediately, you're so you're so upset that you end up talking about it in a way that comes off as very disrespectful and rude. Uh, even if you didn't mean to come off that way, even if you um, were just sad, it comes off as angry, basically. And these were issues that I used to have even in the beginning of my own marriage. I think this is something, this is a bit of a learning curve, basically, uh, where I, he would be like, why are you so angry? And I'm like, I'm not angry, I'm sad. And But it comes off as rude when you're trying to. So uh, learning to like, you know, hold your tongue a little bit sometimes and be patient with the way you approach your husband and the way you talk about sensitive topics basically give him a heads up like you know so just uh, i think these are all traits that men uh generally really appreciate um because it helps them be in control it helps them feel like they are the leader basically and then it helps them be better leaders too uh this is how you get because also, the more feminine you are, the more masculine your husband will become, basically. The more um, agreeable you are, the kinder you are to him, the more his love will grow for, for you and the more he will be willing to provide for you as well. So uh, it's a bit of a give and take. It's a two-way road, basically. 100%. I agree as a man. Rami, what do you think? My bad. Uh, yeah, I agree 100%. Um, it, it, you know, it's a dynamic for a reason. And um, as soon as one, and actually, I, I think a lot of the time it's the men that slip up, you know, and it's, it's the man who refuses to be masculine. And then the the woman has to step up and, and take that role. Sometimes you do have the case where the woman is trying to just, you know, compete with the, her husband and push him out of that place. But I think from what I've seen, majority of the time, the guy just does not want to take on tasks himself. He doesn't want to do the DIY projects that his wife is asking him to do around the house. He mm -hmm. doesn't want to take out the garbage. He doesn't want to do these things. Um, he's tired or whatever excuse he has. Uh, and then the woman's like, okay, you know what? Screw it. If you're not going to do it, I have to do it. And that starts pushing mm -hmm. her into that, that, like what people say, masculine frame or whatever. Fellas, you heard it here first. Don't think we're not coming for you. There's no diffusion of responsibility in men either. Because when it comes to men, we are the leaders, we are the maintainers, yeah. we are the protectors. If we really are leaders, we can't expect women to just be feminine willy-nilly by default. We yeah. need to set that example and that polarity exactly. so she can rest into her feminine in the first place. 
Yeah, I'm, I want to say this clearly. I think most of the, the problems of women or with women or women problems or men's problems with women, most of them would be fixed if men were just like proper men. Uh, we would not have feminism. We would not need feminism if, if men upheld the rights of women. If men actually, you know, like would beat the living life out of a guy who transgressed against a woman, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't need feminism. We wouldn't need these horrible social constructs that are created, these horrible laws that are created around you know protecting women if men would just stand up and do the job right uh, for their wives and their their daughters uh, a father would rather lock his daughter in the house than have to take her out because she needs to be protected when she's out like just take your daughter out for god's sake you know take your sister out take your wife out um you know life is not supposed mm -hmm. to be within the confine confines of a little box hmm. there is one thing that i did want to address and this is a very important point I notice this a lot in the Desi communities. They want women to work. They want women to be educated. They want women to be kind of sacrificing themselves. These men are the youth. A lot of them have seen this. So, yes, what about if the man wants the woman to have a job and make money in addition to him? Like, they, they basically tell her, this is what I want from you. I need you to work. I need you to be super educated. If you don't have a PhD, parents care a lot about the stuff in, in Arab and some Desi households as well. I don't know why. And these women, have, these men have no khira whatsoever. Um, so what advice would you give uh, to sisters like this? Aside from the common sense advice that don't even get into these marriages to begin with. Um, but let's say they're already with a man that's kind of like that. Mm -hmm. This is where so, I think this is... Um, oh, sorry, go mm -hmm. on. No, go on, go on. So Okay, I was saying, um, I think you're right. So, okay, I agree. Education, especially, is pretty important to me as well. Um, so, for example, for me personally, right, speaking from personal experience, my parents said that you have to have at least a bachelor's degree before you get married. So, what I did was I, I knew I wanted to get married earlier. I didn't want to wait super long. So, I, um, I took classes in the summer, too, to speed up the process. So, I actually graduated. Typically, people graduate um, by the age of 22, but I graduated at the age of 20, basically, and I was able to get married at 20. Um, so there's ways to work around, like, you know, these um, these uh, expectations um, sometimes. Uh, now, as for um, working, if he wants you to work, well, I wouldn't personally, I would never marry someone like that. Why would you want to marry someone who um, wants you to work when that's his responsibility, his responsibility to provide? It's not on you at all. I understand now it's getting more expensive and oh, if you want a certain lifestyle and like, you know, all that stuff. Um, if he asks, if he asks nicely, maybe, okay, you can contribute here and there. But if it's the kind of guy that says, no, 100%, you have to, uh, this is like, you know, like a contract basically where you have to spend 50% uh, as well and 50% uh, of your money goes to the rent and blah, blah, blah. I don't think, I don't think that's a, a marriage you should be entering at all because that's not, that's not a man if he's not willing to provide for you. Hmm. Alhamdulillah, I agree with that 100%. So this being said, there are some other things that I did want to mention aside from what the sister did mention about things that men find attractive. But as a woman, before you get married, at least do your best to get mm -hmm. on as much as possible. Obviously, marriage is one of those things that you kind of have to just take and learn as you grow. There are a lot of things that you can't have paralysis by analysis. You can't delay for no reason. And Dean is one of those things. It's a lifelong journey. But this being said, there's some basic things that you could do right now if you're single in the process to just get straightened out. If you're not working on your five daily prayers, please do that right now. This should be first and foremost for the sake of Allah, not for marriage. But understand Allah will place more barakah in your marriage. 
So indirectly, it will still help you in your marriage. Aside from that, I'm trying to enjoy good for good evil, trying to unlearn a lot of these toxicities and cancers that you've learned, ideologies, this type of stuff. And inshallah, then you will be ready for marriage. So let's say now you have a sister that's finally prepared for marriage, um, whatever that means, because I think there is no perfect time. Uh, what are things that she should look for in a man? Well, I think uh, I think there's a hadith Rasulullah said, um, when a man comes to you and you are happy with his religion and you are happy with his manners, uh, marry him. And those are the only two criteria, I believe, that you should put at the forefront. Yes, there's other things here and there, but that's really that really sums it up, I think, 100%. Um, so that's one thing. And the other thing, yes, uh, I think um, you can look for, of course, magic lifestyles and all this stuff. But you have to realize money comes and goes, honestly. And as Muslims, I'm really not for the whole materialistic lifestyle. Um, I understand enjoying money, but I believe it should be in your hands, not in your hearts. Because we know that some of the Sahaba were the richest men, um, but they... Uh, they were able they still died with like barely anything on them basically because uh they didn't have like you know the effects of richness basically so i don't think mm. um i think this um uh, this pursuit of a stable man and like you know uh oh he has to be earning this much or oh my mother has to be this much basically um this is uh kind of even sometimes delusional honestly <laughs> like i think you guys might have seen um there's like a, del a delusion calculator or something like in the west like you know because even western women now they're like oh he has to be making 600k um do you know how many men in america make 600k uh like probably like one percent are you a one percent do you do you, do you even realize how many men make even more than 80k 90k it's ridiculous exactly exactly so mm -hmm. just being a little bit realistic with other things like you know that's really important but really look if you find someone um that has good religion uh if he has deen in him he's going to be very careful about your rights because he knows that he has to answer to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so when he knows uh when he knows that he's going to be careful about how he provides for you he's going to be careful about how he treats you he's going to be careful about respecting you and all every, literally everything and what more does a woman want really and when you have somebody with manners, it's like, you know, that's the best thing on the planet. Like it's this is this is really all you need. Trust me, women uh, at the core, we don't really care about money. I don't think uh, right now, obviously, most of us are brainwashed by like, you know, the Western world to uh, need a certain level of like materialistic lifestyle. Mm. But you can have all the money in the world, but if your husband doesn't respect you or if he disrespects you in front of someone else, for example, even just once, the amount of pain that that would cause you would make all of his wealth be equivalent to dust for you. Like it would be, there would be no point of any wealth. So be sure that you choose someone that is, uh, that is, has good deen and has good mannerisms. Don't compromise on these things. And the way you get a man like that is again, like what you said, Fayyad, about being like, you know, make sure you're praying your five daily prayers because uh, in the Quran, Allah says, um, like, you know, the, the evil men are for the evil women and 
the good men are for the good women like that basically I'm paraphrasing i think but uh the concept of like you know uh and this was one thing that i really focused on too actually before getting married um i was i had this mindset where i was like okay i'm just gonna focus on myself actually and become the best muslim that i can possibly be and i want to have in me every single trait that i would want to have my husband so if you don't want your husband talking to other girls make sure you're not talking to any guys and this is actually a really mm -hmm. important topic um inter um, intersex relations basically like uh between genders between the opposite genders that's another important topic that you have to uh, make sure you two are uh, um you know I on definitely... board with but somebody yeah, Somebody I was gonna say I definitely think that we we should we should talk about these these uh yeah. these issues like Mahar too because I think that these issues that that come after marriage or or during the marriage itself they're of utmost importance. But I did want to make sure not to cut you off that the hadith that you were mentioning I wanted to finish the hadith too, um that it says that if a man does come to you for marriage with religious religiosity and piety that you marry him or else corruption will spread in the earth. And the reasoning behind yeah. it is why else, like, why would you not marry someone like that, that has that religiosity, that character, that deen, that taqwa? But now combine that with what you're saying about all the things that women find desirable in men, right? Not necessarily the money, but the security, because money is equated to security in their minds. I think that yeah. her having a level of physical attractiveness to the man is important too. Um, mm -hmm. Can you go into that a little bit briefly before we go on? Because some women... And this is the way that parents raise them sometimes. They place an overemphasis in deen, which is fine. No one's saying that's a bad thing, right? But let's say mm -hmm. the guy has kind of let go of himself in the dunya. And mm -hmm. they're just expected to force that desire on her, which it really doesn't work that way. No, that does not work that way. Um, no. So I think one key point to this is also when for women, right? I think one of the most attractive thing about women is actually their youth. Like... A young bride, um, the beauty and the nur that she has um, is totally unmatched by an older bride, honestly. Um, so one thing is make make use of, even if you're, honestly, even if you don't think that you're super attractive, even if you don't think you're the most beautiful girl on the planet and you deserve a really attractive man who works out and is fit and is totally like, you know, handsome, tall, whatever, everything that you require, um, make use of your own uh, beauty and the most beautiful thing about a woman is her youth firstly and also her character um and i think you can't realistically expect people to marry you without being attracted to you either for men or women um no matter how religious you are even me uh i love my husband to death uh, obviously his character and like you know dean is the primary um the primary things that i focus on but i married him because obviously i was attracted to him like if i wasn't attracted to him i would not could not have married him to be honest because um marriage is also made uh, so that you can lower your gaze right if you're married to an attractive man then that's going to help you lower your gaze i think my husband's the most attractive man on the planet like i literally don't need to look at anyone else nobody else can match uh his standard basically because um because i married someone that i'm attracted to and this it goes both ways too like for men as well uh you can't expect them to marry someone that um they're they're not attracted to just because she's super religious or you may have wonderful traits and but and also, obviously, beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. Just because uh, you're not attractive to one person, like, you know, sunsets are pretty, but so are fairy lights, you know? So uh, those two, uh, 
just because you don't look like a certain image of beauty that you have in your mind or a certain image that society is pushing doesn't mean you're not beautiful fairy fairy lights don't look anything like sunsets but they're both beautiful to look at wow subhanallah rami bro anything you want to add to that um yeah um just look past you know the superficial stuff because there are things that will make you attracted to him that don't have to do with his appearance um, and unfortunately, I think women are being encouraged to go down the route of, oh, he looks like this and he has these characteristics and other women probably find him attractive and focus more on the day in, day out aspects of life. You know, is he a strong minded, you know, um, well behaved, well mannered person with upright character and morals? You know, are they someone who I'm going to feel protected by because he could be the most you know gorgeous man in the world? but run away and leave you, you know, in front of the bears. So these are the things you have to look at. How protective mm -hmm. is he? You know, how caring and, and, and providing is he? And if he's not willing to, you know, uplift his own mother and, and, and sisters and family and those around him, then you just should know that he's not going to do that with you in your marriage. Now, if you can tolerate that, okay. But if you can't, then no, it's not going to go well because he will very, very, very quickly become the ugliest person. And you'll be wondering, I, how could I ever even, you know, give myself to this person? I can't believe I found him attractive for a second. Hmm. Yes. The other thing I'll say is attraction grows in a marriage. It really does. Like, sure, um, I found him attractive in the beginning as well. But the way that I view him now has changed, actually, from the beginning. Like, Still, like, so Allah, remember that Allah places so much barakah in a halal relationship that can't compete with any boyfriend that you've ever had that's given you, uh, he might have been the most handsome person in the world, but trust me, your husband is going to have a different appeal if you do it for the sake of Allah, for the right intentions, and if you marry a religious man, because really, the you'll experience uh, the attraction, the physical attraction, the obviously attraction to character as well. All of this, it grows in a marriage. Um, when you marry a righteous man who has good character. So again, those two things, absolute key. Mm. So somebody asked, is 30 too old to get married? Do men find a woman in her 30s more attractive? And then someone commented, we will be 33 in Jannah. I don't believe that's old at all. So I think that's a false equivocation. And... Uh, Sister, do you want to go into that? Um, women being 30, I don't think there's any problem with that. I think you can get married at any age. There's uh, there's men that are 40 looking to get married. Like, you know, there's 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 so many people in the world. Like, I think sometimes we cut ourselves off from a lot of opportunities and we're stuck in like, you know, just this one uh, little neighborhood that we live in almost basically. Um, uh, and oh, nobody finds me attractive in this neighborhood. But just branch out look for other options if you even if you've quote unquote passed the age of marriage or something uh that doesn't mean all hope is lost by any means whatsoever um so yeah there are men that actually even find actually older women attractive too uh so that does exist and uh hmm. there's hikmat in that basically because obviously not everyone is going to have the means not everyone is going to have the opportunity not everyone is going to have um the guidance basically maybe you were like you know messing around in your early 20s and you just didn't know any better for any reason maybe you didn't have a wali that could have guided you maybe like you know there could be so many reasons that you didn't get married in your prime um so if that has happened for whatever reason just remember that whatever's happened in the past doesn't mean that you're doomed 
never the believer is never doomed the believer is always hopeful because you have allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on your side and allah has mm-hmm. no shortage of good to give his believers so uh, like you know husn zan you know you have to have good expectations from allah and allah is as his believers uh, think of him alhamdulillah so we need to make sure that yes we do encourage women and men to get married young and as soon as they can but obviously at the same time if it's delayed there's no there's no harm in it. it's still possible Allah will still put barakah in it but um some people are like women in 50s can still mm-hmm. get married. this is a very important topic because understanding this that fertility does decline after 30 a lot for women and we need to understand that sure Allah yes. in it. Allah is still the one in control of everything including you basically conceiving so no one's saying no one's going against that but we got to be realistic too if you want to have let's say six kids and you're with a woman that you get with let's say she's 35 the chances of you even getting her knocked up once or twice is very low probability and there's a lot of complications that come so for six if that's your characteristic we need to be realistic but the point that we're trying to say is prevention is the best cure there should be no reason someone unnecessarily waits this long to get married but if that is the case then there's no harm in that and if you yes. rely on Allah, inshallah allah will find you a way out inshallah as allah promises in the quran um so this being said we can finally go into the actual vetting process so mm-hmm. how should women find these men where should they find these men because women we understand that women shouldn't necessarily be on social media so, too much unnecessarily. that's a difficult one but um it doesn't have to be difficult i think mm. what was that sorry you got cut off no no so i'm saying women women are obviously and men too are encouraged to not be talking too much to the opposite sex on social media uh free mixing this type of stuff putting themselves in situations mm-hmm. with the opposite gender where they can interact where they can get to know one another um so a lot of women commonly ask where do they find this man um so the first thing is definitely utilize your mahrams right that's the first thing you have to um ask your dad and ask your dad um your brothers might have friends basically that if your brother is a good good guy basically like a good religious person then he'll have religious friends too that like you know might know some even if you don't marry your brother's friends basically they will know other people basically um so there's all these things there's all these avenues um plus on top of that um you know social media i yeah you obviously don't talk to the opposite gender on social media but a lot of people actually get married on like through literally instagram um or like uh through social media because um we are coexisting in this space right so you do know that there is this uh there is this person basically but um again the way that you go about it has to be totally halal and you have to make sure that you know you're not falling into like uh overly obsessive or anything like that if you see someone if you're following someone on instagram right for example and you think, oh, you know, he actually, he seems religious. He seems kind. He has a great relationship with his family. Um, maybe like he, and he seems like he would be looking for marriage. Uh, you can have your brother literally message him on Instagram and just ask. There's no harm in asking. Uh, people love to give the example of Hazrat Khadija, Khadija radiallahu anha when it comes to, like, you know, the boss babe example. But 
uh, she also did she did approach uh, like you know through her friend kind of uh, so there's nothing wrong with women also approaching um, men in that way through halal means um, and it's better if you have somebody in mind that you're following and you think first of all I don't recommend following the opposite gender actually but if you are and you know of this person then just ask and that way um, it won't be you won't be like you know in the gray area and you won't be oh I wish oh I wish oh maybe maybe one day um, no, just ask and get it over with because either he's going to say yes or he's going to say no. If he says no, then it's over. Stop having feelings for him basically online. And if he says yes, then congratulations. You you can get married. Alhamdulillah. Okay. So what would the next steps be now in, in terms of vetting? So uh, I would say uh, when it comes to a conversation, right, I think it is definitely important to have one. Um I don't believe in uh, marrying blindly just because like, you know, just based on what you've heard from people or just based on what you've seen on social media. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, girls think that they are the best, like, you know, stalkers basically, and they can figure out his entire life. Trust me, you don't know anything. So um, <laughs> that's one thing. And what I would say is, um, you know, make sure that you're, that a guy is also vetting him, one of your mahrams, because men talk different to men. He might be able to, like, you know, sway you off your feet. He might be able to woo you, like, by, like, you know, through his charm. But that charm is not going to work on your dad. Your dad doesn't care how, uh, um, like, you know, how he uh, gives, like, looks over his shoulders or anything. Um, but you might fall for that. So uh, it's important to get your mahrams involved. Um, if your mahrams are not willing, there's a lot of sisters, unfortunately, that don't have uh, very helpful uh, mahrams. Um, f- someone in the community that you can look up to, you might have an uncle, you might have an older cousin, you might have uh, the imam of the masjid, literally. Um, you can go to these people and ask for help. Don't be afraid to, I think women are so shy and we're so uh, afraid to approach people for help that we end up like, you know, harming our own selves. Don't be afraid to ask for help and get people involved. Do, do not, absolutely do not try to do this on your own. That's the worst thing you can do uh, because again, it leads to so much more fitna. It leads, it opens you up to being like, you know, used really um, by the men because there's so many cases of like, you know, secret marriages and this and that. There's just so much um, that you have to watch out for. So definitely get responsible uh, religious men involved from the very beginning. Alhamdulillah. Okay. Now, the last thing before marriage is going to be red flags. So as a woman, what are things that you would want to advise these women folk, these sisters about red flags in a man? Um, so red flag, uh, the one thing we talked about, right, where he wants you to contribute financially to the house, that's a huge red flag, because that means he's not ready to be a provider. Um, don't marry someone who's not willing. Why would you give yourself to a man uh, as a wife? Why would you give him such a precious gift? Uh, of being his wife to someone who's not going to take care of that gift and not give it its rights so you are a gift as a woman so um but also don't like you know don't hype yourself up too much because that's the other problem nowadays we're so hyped on our own selves um so uh, also stay humble but still like you know don't uh, don't don't settle for men that aren't men basically um, when you uh, see someone who has a strong personality, basically, that's a really good, uh, that's a good one. Um, uh, also, check his relationship with his mom, actually, because uh, the way that he interacts with his mother uh, can tell you a lot. The way um, he interacts with his siblings, what are, what are his, um, how is he viewed by the community? What does the community think about him, basically? 
there's uh there's a lot of things another red flag um if he's broke that's not a red flag that's one thing i'll say um not always this is a, a disclaimer yes men uh should be uh like you know men should be driven men should be um you know uh they should understand the responsibilities of financial but not everyone is like you know making six figures uh, every year or like you know anything even close to that so understand that just because he's not super wealthy doesn't mean that he's not a total gem and that he can't become also give space for men to grow right uh because if you're marrying young for example then he's probably also not that old you wouldn't want to marry someone with a huge age gap necessarily not a lot of women prefer to do that um so he uh, uh give him some grace too like realize that oh he might be at the beginning of his career maybe he just graduated maybe he's still like you know if he's still living with his parents that's not even though the western society like you know uh, just looks down uh, so badly on men still living with their parents but it's um again there's so much that goes into it how expensive is rent? for example in the area that he's living in maybe he lives in uh, like california i can tell you it costs a lot um versus if you move to someplace like you know uh, on the east coast rent is cheaper so um just because he's living with his parents in california doesn't mean he can't afford an apartment in georgia like for example so uh, there's a lot of things to kind of consider so i think um but yeah red flags definitely if he's not willing to provide um what's something else maybe you what do you guys think actually from the male perspective i think indecisiveness in a man is a big grounds of concern any man that That's is very hesitant and he doesn't know how to lead because whether you you consciously trust him or not on a subconscious level you don't trust his authority you don't trust his dis discernment and that's only going to lead you to subconsciously resent him over time in the future and put yourself to where the big boy pants and be in your masculine energy Hmm. Rami, what about That's you? Any red flags that you want to advise these sisters about looking out for in men? Um, I mentioned a few of them before, you know. Um, just focus on his character and Dean. Like you're gonna you're gonna have to pay attention to the subtle things, you know, how he speaks with people, how he treats people, how he treats the waiter at a restaurant mm -hmm. that you uh him and your father go to, you know, like uh if he tips the waiter. Like, I'm not saying hyper-focus on small things, but notice the small things, and then you'll get a bigger picture of who this person is. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes it's it's easy to get, you know, to get lost in, oh, my God, you know, he has this and he has that. And and then you, you forget literally every single other aspect of his life. So um, focus on mm -hmm. those things, inshallah, and uh, how he treats those around him, his character, his deen, how fast he is, you know, to want to pray salah. If, you know, you guys are saying, let's pray. And he's like, oh, no, let's wait or something like that. Just pick these. And we're not we're not we're not entertaining delusion in this in this stream as well. Like, oh, if he's under six feet, don't even look at him. None of that. Like, how do you control? Someone? Obviously, women find taller men attractive. Women find better men attractive in any regard, in any avenue, in any confound or variable. But it's not something that's as important as y'all think, at least in the Kofar world. Um, but one more thing I would do want to add definitely in this conversation is if you have a man that is emotionally reactive, this is something that is a huge red flag. And this is not to say that emotionally reactive men don't deserve good women or don't deserve to be happy in life. But this is something that is a huge grounds for concern because as a woman, you don't want that in a man. You don't want someone that you come to as an emotional storm and he's just going to make things worse. He's arguing with you. He's bickering with you 24-7. He's coming to you 
complaining about things 24 7 and this is just reality i'm not saying men don't do this but women don't find this attractive so you will find this and it's it's definitely something that's at an overbearing extent that he's very out of control with his emotional intelligence and just his emotional state this is this is a huge alarm like this should this should not be something that you just let go of and think it'll fix itself or it's okay he does this once in a while once a day once a week no this is something that he needs to get in check and most people don't fix these things um because most people don't want to fix their problems and their shortcomings so it's better for you to find someone that doesn't mm-hmm. in the first place uh but Ustad, there's one more question Ustad, yeah. what do you recommend about talking after proposal before engagement should call or phone call be allowed um to be honest i'm not sure and i think you should ask a scholar i have heard different things but um i'm gonna refrain from answering because I, I genuinely don't know Ge- i i know the the general practices is that you should have uh the wali present and i even know that there is an instance where the process i believe is the process he spoke mm. with a woman where in public where people could see them but couldn't hear them. Um, so, Allahu Alam, again, just go ask a scholar. Uh, I think there is at least a difference of opinion on this. Best practice is to have the, the brother and, and father present, though. Alhamdulillah. Um, before we move on, there is one more thing that we got to keep in mind. That, and this is not advice to Muslims specifically. This is just advice to anyone looking for a spouse. Make sure that they're honest. How many people lie? And we know that they lie. Again, the truth always comes out to the light. But we were like, you know what? We justify it. Like, oh, maybe it's a white lie. Maybe they didn't mean like that. But somebody that lies about small things like that for no reason, what makes you think they're not going to lie about big things that they could justify? And these things will catch up over time because it shows about their character and integrity, or should I say lack of integrity. Um, so this is one more thing. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to add to the red flags before we move on? Mm, no, I think we're good on that. Okay. Well, there is one more thing I want to add. Laziness. If you have a man that doesn't want to be a hard worker, he doesn't want to go the extra rounds. He doesn't want to, he doesn't have a mission or purpose in life, right? This is something I talk to many sisters on. And I was like, do you care if a man has a degree? Do you care if a man has this qualification? Do you care if a man earns this much money? A lot of them, I would say a vast majority, 95% of the sisters that I've spoken to, they all say one thing. I don't care about that. What I what I do care about is that he has a purpose, a direction in life. He has a goal. He has a mission. Exactly. He has something that he wants to achieve in this life. Not that he's just complacent and weak and he'll try to figure it out. Because he could have a PhD in astrophysics and just be sitting his ass at home, not doing anything in life, have no ambition, no purpose. But he could be someone that completely started from the bottom, doesn't have money, but he has that goal. He has that ambition. And he puts his money where his mouth is. He walks the walk. He doesn't just talk the talk. And over time, the results will speak for itself. 100%. So what you just described is also actually something I lived, basically. Um, I think marrying a, per- a man with purpose, a man with a direction is absolutely essential because uh even if he's not like my husband wasn't the richest guy when we met basically but uh he has like you know he had his goals he was actively working towards them it takes time and you know it's a beautiful thing actually supporting 
uh, being the supportive uh, role basically in a man's life while he builds his empire basically like um, a lot of women unfortunately nowadays uh, they just uh, like you know if you're how are you gonna how as a man are you supposed to succeed and build an empire when your queen is basically just eating away at it and taking away from it either through bickering or like you know uh, useless spending and all this stuff so like being patient and really um, really like serving uh, the husband's purpose and serving his goal is a wonderful wonderful thing to be a part of like it is so fulfilling uh, when you see your husband's goals like come to life it is the best thing ever and uh, if you find a man that has a purpose even if he's not there yet even if he hasn't achieved his goals if he's working towards it if he's if you see in him that he can um he uh, really wants it badly basically and he's willing to put in the effort then join that join join the caravan basically uh, and become a part of that because um, that adds so much purpose as well to your own life as well and it's really mm. fulfilling i think alhamdulillah okay so one last question from the live chat before we go on to the actual marriage itself and inshallah this can definitely be a multiple part thing it doesn't have to be that we talk about everything today um but the question is a sister asks advice for black muslim women seeking marriage please how can we deal with racism and I'm not going to say the word here uh, of us. May Allah help us all. I mean, um, okay, so racism is definitely, I know, a huge, huge problem. But, you know, um, and also the fetish aspect of it is also exists. But um, there are, you know, subhanAllah, I would say make a lot of dua, first of all. Because that's the first, that even when things don't make sense to you, if you're making dua consistently, um, Allah will make a way from you from where you never even imagined, basically. So that's one thing. Make sure that you're uh, consistently making dua and you're asking for the right thing, basically. Uh, second, I would say um, don't, um, I don't know, subhanAllah. I'm not, uh, I've been pretty privileged with that, so I can't really relate to that. But I would say dua is the number one thing. And I don't know, that's a tough one. What do you guys think? Sheikh Rami, what do you think? Is this like in regards to they have it or someone else has it or... They, I'm assuming they are the black Muslim that they're talking about, and they experience racism, uh, being objectified, I mean, just, that type of stuff. Yeah, I mean, just the the fetish part. Because, sister, I, I, remember, I remember you mentioned, like, fetish or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. And I want to address that, because so long as it's something that's halal, there's no issue. But I want to know, are they talking about they have it or the other person has it? No, I think they're talking about the other person having it. But, but you're right, actually. If somebody has a fetish, as long as it's halal, there's nothing wrong with that. You're right. So even if there is, um, because she mentioned two things. She mentioned racism uh, and she mentioned uh, basically people having, uh, not to say the word, but people having a fetish basically for uh, black Muslims. Oh, I see. Okay, okay. So specifically for, um, I mean, okay, firstly, on the first part, um, unfortunately, there's not much you can you can do about that. I was in a position once where I wanted to marry someone who was from a different uh, ethnic background than me. And I was rejected just because I wasn't from the same place they were from. Uh, so it's unfortunate. It sucks. But um, if you have a family who has that kind of mentality, you don't want to marry into them. You don't want them to, you know, just allow you in. 
you want them to love you and accept you. Mm -hmm. So even if they, yes. you know, let you in and let you marry this person, you're going to have a horrible life with these kind of in-laws. So it's unfortunate. It sucks. It's going to be like a worldwide cleansing that we have to do to make sure we get rid of this, you know, obviously racism and also anything that's against reverts. You know, this person just accepted Islam and you know, stigmas around that. We need to really work on the ummah to get rid of these um, and to go back to what the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, you know, told us. Mm -hmm. All the Sahaba, you know, basically all of them were reverts. Maybe there was a few that mm -hmm. were basically born into a Muslim family, you know, like maybe like Aisha radiallahu anha. She, when she grew into maturity, she was under Abu Bakr and, and the Prophet So, uh, But most of them, they, you know, were, uh, were reverts. So um, I would say... For the first part of the question, just you see any hint of that, walk away, stay away, and you will find someone who is a good Muslim who has no worries about that, inshallah. And then mm -hmm. for the second part, um, I'm not one to judge, right? I'm not black, so I can't really say anything. I think if someone had a Palestinian fetish, um, I don't think I'd have an issue with that. I'd be like, yo, I'm the perfect role for you. Um, let's get married. So, But that's completely up to you. As long as the fetish or whatever is halal, um, it, you know, it's good. One other thing actually I want to bring up is um, you have to remember also our brains. We have something that's called the negativity bias. So every time you have a negative experience, you're going to remember that way more than you're going to be open to any positive experience. Basically, anything that reinforces a negative um, idea that you have in your mind, that's going to stick in your head a lot longer. And it's just going to reinforce a negative image, basically. But trust me, there's a lot of people now, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah uh, there's a lot of people that don't have uh, these kind of racist uh, mentalities. So uh, be open to that, be receptive to that have good um have good expectations trust that again uh having to work the law as well and make dua for it um because these people do exist there's many alhamdulillah people that uh don't like you know there's many families i know personally honestly that don't care about these things basically and it's not just oh uh oh like overlooking it it's they it's you being black wouldn't be something that they just have to kind of put up with it's actually something that they don't like you know it's not a negative thing at all so those families do exist um there's many interracial couples that I knew, obviously, in America, like when you grow up in America, like there's so many, uh, alhamdulillah, interracial marriages and all this stuff, uh, just because melting pot and everything with all sorts of cultures and ethnicities. Mm. So um, and a lot of them are successful, alhamdulillah. But see, again, if you go back to that hadith of Rasulullah, where if she uh, if she looks for a man who has religion and manners, uh, because once you have religion, you're not going to be racist. How could you be racist uh, as a religious has, uh, religious man, as a truly religious person? So mm. prioritizing those things and uh, like, you know, just making sure that you are like, you know, because you also kind of attract what you are in a way. So making sure that you don't have like, you know, uh, um, anything uh, like you yourself are also the kind of religious person that you want to attract. So uh, making sure that you're like, you know, praying, praying five times a day is just the basic, uh, basic criteria. Yeah. We really, uh, these are basic for that we shouldn't really have to remind ourselves, but I know it's tough. Like, SubhanAllah, the Ummah is at a sad state right now, but um you know, just try to be uh, super religious and you'll find a super religious guy and religious guys don't care about racism, basically. Alhamdulillah. Guys, if you made it this far, it's Shahada time. Alhamdulillah, spam Shahada time in the comment section in the live chat right now. And if you love this episode, let us know what you think in the comments. Inshallah, we will do an episode on 
actual how to be a proper wife in a marriage, inshallah. This one was just leading up to the marriage itself. The guide to getting married, inshallah. And we will continue this, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum, Jonathan. How you doing, bro? Good, brother. How you doing? Alhamdulillah, bro. Doing well. Uh, do you want to put your, your camera like sideways, bro? In I got you. I didn't know what you guys would prefer, but here we go. Here we go. Perfect, bro. Tell us a little bit about yourself, man, before we go in. Uh, I'm 30. I live in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, I was raised, my mom is Cape Verdean, straight from the island. She Christian woman, grew up in a Christian house. You know, I did my thing as a kid in the American lifestyle. And, um, you know, we all go from believing in God to atheist and not believing and, you know, just saying he's not real. And I think everybody who goes through that always comes back around eventually, you know what I'm saying, to understand there is one true God. And I've just been through a lot lately, man. Um, I have a beautiful family. I got two beautiful kids. Um, I've been dealing with just my trying to find who I am, my spirituality for a long time, looking through all the religions and then I stumbled upon Islam maybe like, I would say like a year ago. And I started really doing the research and everything. It just, everything just made so much sense to me. And I even brought it to my buddies and we go over it together. And we've been, we've been going over everything, bro. The Sumerians, the pyramids, the Egyptians, you know, once you start going down that hole, it's like crazy, but it attaches. It, it's all there, bro. It's all there. It's a beautiful thing. Um, I'm like, this is this is huge for me. It's really huge. If you know who I was, if if you were my friend, you would understand. This is really big. Um, I'm trying to get closer to God. I'm trying to do the right things, and everything in that Quran is just speaking to me. So this is big for me. And I'm like, I'm mad emotional right now. Before my girl was like, "You ready? You ready?" I'm like, "I, I could tear up right now." You know, this is this is beautiful. It's really beautiful. Mm, love, bro. Mela, bless you. We just got some last minute questions for you, just to make sure that your beliefs are in line with being a Muslim. So, if you have any questions, let us know now, and then I can ask you the questions, inshallah. No, no, you can you can go ahead. Alhamdulillah. Okay, and then we'll talk a little bit about your journey after. All right. So yes, sir. I want to give you that time and the platform to speak and and inspire anyone else that might be on that brink of making that decision that you want to, but perhaps they just have some doubts or anything like that they're misconfused about. Um, so the first thing is, do you believe that there is one God worthy of worship? That God is one. I do. Okay. Do you believe in God sending messengers to mankind? I do. Okay. Do you believe in revelation that God has sent to these messengers? I do. Do you believe in angels that Allah has used to send revelation to the messengers? I do. Do you believe in the day of judgment? I do. Do you believe in divine decree and predestination from Allah? I do. Okay. Rami, bro, did I miss anything? No, you're good. Alhamdulillah. Okay. With this being said, brother Rami is going to put in the shahada in Arabic and English, inshallah. Um, so we'll just wait for him to do that. Okay, nice. perfect. So we're going to read it out in Arabic first, and then we're going to do it in English, all right? Okay. Okay, so, Ashhadu. Ashhadu. An la. An la. Ilaha. Ilaha. Illallah. Illallah. Wa ashhadu. Wa ashhadu. Anna. Anna. Muhammadan. Muhammadan. Abduhu. Abduhu. Wa rasuluhu. Wa Rasulu. I bear witness. 
I bear witness that there is none worthy of worship that there is none worthy of worship except Allah except Allah and I bear witness and I bear witness that the Prophet Muhammad that the Prophet Muhammad is the servant is the servant and messenger of Allah and messenger of Allah so good. Allah Akbar, bro. you're Muslim oh my god thank you guys this has been such a like a long journey for me, bro. For real, I can't hold it together. But it's all good. These are tears of joy, bro. I'm sorry to do this on the live, but <clears throat> I've been through a lot of a lot of stuff in my life, and this means a lot for you guys to do this for me. I appreciate it, and like I've been watching you guys. God's work is not easy, bro. It's not for the weak, and you guys are doing great work out here, bro. Keep on keeping on. And I put you on to my other buddies, and you know. They're gonna be they're gonna be here soon as well. They just need a little bit more of affirmation. But um yeah, yeah we're we're doing this, brother. Thank you. I appreciate you guys so Bro, much. Go, go into this, please go into your story, man. Oh man, my story we we went and got enough time for my story, but uh, I'll let you know in a, in a, on a little bit. Um I worked I worked, you know, regular drill trucks, warehouse, blah blah blah. And then I was making like twenty-four dollars an hour, you know what I'm saying? I had a kid already um payments all around and uh i made a decision one day just say i i quit i just quit because i'm an artist i do photography i went to college for that and i said i just quit i didn't go in the next day and i just said i needed to chase a dream that was about like six years six to seven years ago i went through the bottom bro my like i was late on child support late on all my bills late on everything but i kept pushing i did not want to go back to a nine to five to work for somebody else and god willing bro everything worked out beautifully and the more bro the more that i was in tune with my spirituality and getting closer to god the more everything cleared up for me even and and, and just happened even better and better the closer that i got it to god it put more confidence in me to keep on going in and like we're here now so now I quit the job. I run my own photography. I do real estate photography for. Um, I've been in Boston Magazine a couple of times now. Uh, I flip houses. Um, I'm, I'm about to sell this house. I bought. I don't want to give numbers, but I, we're, we're doubling up on this flip, which is a beautiful thing. I'm, I gave my mom money. I gave my sister money. It just like and this all just happened. Like we are at the peak of this. So like this this all just happened within the last like month. You know that I came up on this my dad had a seven family he wanted to sell it um he didn't want to sell it i convinced him to sell it because with the money we could have done great things and right now we're doing great things mom's happy dad's happy sister's happy the kids are good i'm good i'm in a nicer home nicer environment everything's good my business is great Yo, everything is looking up and like this is the last step for me right here this is the last step so i can continue being as righteous as possible back in the day i smoked i drank and now i just i tell everybody not to i tell everybody not to to clear your mind to make sure you're focused because one drop of alcohol one smoke of the weed it alters your mind you can go from being one person right now i can be one person right now go smoke a joint and have a hundred thousand percent different thoughts right away and that is dangerous so it's just a beautiful thing. I'm glad I did this. I've come so far, like, and, like, I can't wait to, like, share this with my children. I know they're really young right now, and I can't, like, fully grasp, you know, God and all this stuff. But, like, we're going to do it. I'm going to I'm gonna show them the Quran and show them the way. 
of Islam and I have a girlfriend. I do have a question. I have a girlfriend. Uh, we're not married. We have a child together. Um, she is not Muslim yet, but she is going. She she wants to be, you know. So maybe she'll be on this live soon. But I was just confused a little bit. Like, I don't, is it for marriage or like now that I'm Muslim and she's not? How does how does that work? So I think it's best that we talk more in depth after the stream, just in private about this. Okay. But um, wh what's her belief? Like, is she a Christian? Is she atheist? She was like an atheist, like um, not believing. I wouldn't say atheist. I would say like agnostic, like believe there was a high power, just didn't know what, where to pick. Okay. She's seen me go through this now. I mean, she watches all the videos with me. She's right here with me now. So she's... Yeah. She's on the same path. She's on the same path. She she understands it. Um, I would say she's 99% there. I think this right here is the 1% she's going to need to fully give herself. I see. I see. And that's a beautiful thing. And I'm glad that, you know, you could be an example for those around you. I think it's a very beautiful thing. And we're very proud of you. May Allah bless, and bless you and increase you. Inshallah, we're going to be here for you. I would say no worries, Inshallah. Um, the way to go in Islam is marriage, you know, no matter what. Uh, no matter who you are, what situation you're in, and it's to preserve the rights of both you and especially the rights of the woman, you know, the rights of the wife in this, in this situation. Right. So um, once she is, you know, able to accept Islam, inshallah, um, you know, have her accept Islam, she can do it with us or with anyone else. And then getting married is very easy. Right? You don't have to do any long drawn out process. It doesn't even necessarily need to be um, done and recognized by the state to be recognized in the sight of Allah. Um, okay. and like I said, we could talk about all this afterwards. All you yeah. need to get married are two male witnesses, uh, someone to conduct the ceremony, a bridal gift. You're going to give her a gift, you know, money or whatever, you know, she asked for and, um, her father's permission or, you know, someone, someone of, uh, of, uh, I guess status you could say in her life. But uh, in this case, I think, cause she's just accepting Islam. It might be like the Imam or the leader of a mosque. So that's really all you need. Okay. Sit down for half an hour, go through the ceremony, and then you guys will be married. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Things good start mode. moving fast, bro. Things start moving fast. But um, I'm ready. I'm ready for this, bro. I'm ready. I just this has been a crazy experience for me, man. Like, so it, this is a beautiful thing. I cannot wait to just dive deeper, do more research, and just really do the work. Like now, I feel like I can. I can do the work, and I am like. Out of, in my group, I am the person that everybody looks to. Like, so when they see me do this, trust me, there's going to be a lot around who will question that. They're going to they're going to get into it. So, a lot of people around me can't even believe I'm doing this, to be honest. But um, you know, like 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 it said, the truth is there. It's not for some. It's not to be convincing somebody else. It's like it, the the text is written. You know what I'm saying? You got to read it. The truth is in there, and that's what I tell everybody. I'm like. Just open it up. Just open it up and read. I don't have to explain. It's all explained in there. Literally. You know? so. in the Quran, there is no compulsion in religion. The truth is evident. The truth is there for you, for anyone. There has to be no convincing. This is not like, you know, when you see like Christian missionaries and trying to like really get in your head, bro. Yes, yeah, no. yes we can we can refute doubts and, and things that don't align with reality. But right. at the end of the day, the truth is already there. The Quran is the thing that is self-evident. If anyone comes into it with an open mind, they don't need anything else. Um, right. So I think we'll create a group chat, inshallah, with me, Brother Rami, Anhel, and you. 
any other private matters we can discuss there. But I do have one last question for you. What would you um, answer to the brothers and sisters that are kind of wondering, I want to become Muslim, but I have way too many, way too many desires, way too many things that I'm caught up in. And these are un-Islamic things. Um, I would say if you're caught up in a bunch of stuff that's not righteous or doesn't feed your good into your soul and the moment you realize that the path of righteousness is the path that you should take your life will become better no matter what even if you don't become a muslim right away the path to become muslim is an eye-opening and spiritual experience in itself i would say for the people who are like struggling with that Open the book up, read it, do your research, even do read the Bible, read everything, and then read the Quran. It will be so clear to you. And it's, in terms of spirituality, you definitely don't want to put toxins in your body, whether it's drinking, whether it's smoking, whether it's crazy, you know, S-E-X, whatever you guys are doing. It's all, you wake up with a guilt. When you wake up with that guilt, that's how you know it's wrong. Everybody's got those voices in their head. That one that says, yo, do this, do this, do this. It's so easy to do the devil's work, and it's so hard to do God's work. But what, what comes from hard work? You go to the gym. You never, nobody wants to go to the gym. You pump those weights, but you look, you look godly. You know what I'm saying? You look, you're looking like a, a huge guy. It sucks. It's hard, but you get the results. And it's the same thing with this. If you put the work in with your spirit and your spirituality and you do what is right, you will reap the benefits at the end no matter what. And before me even doing this, like... I've just been trying to connect with God so much and he's just put things in my, every piece has lined up perfectly with the thought of righteousness, positivity, and having God as the true one to guide you through. Everything will line up. And that's, that's coming from me. Somebody who done came from the bottom, who done been through it all, everything. And I've had, I've always said, I'm a guy who has the worst luck. Anything that happens, I take two steps forward. I take 10 steps back. Something always happens. As soon as I accepted this to myself, I've been taking steps forward and I've never taken a step back from there. And I, I keep, I, and I, I just want to climb this mountain and keep climbing. It's beautiful. And the feeling you get from being righteous is overwhelming. When you do good things, it feels good. When you do bad things, you're going to, you will have to pay for that at the end. You will be judged for everything that you do. So start thinking about that now and understand that. That thing in your mind that tells you, yo, don't do this, that's, that's what you need to listen to. Listen to that and go towards that. Don't go to the other thing. That's easy. You know, you can go to the club, you can go to the bar, whatever, whatever. That's easy to do. To do this work for God, that is hard, bro. Even explaining this to people is a hard thing to do. To come, Not to convince, but to educate people and to try to show them God is a difficult thing as well. You know what I'm saying? So I would say to anybody, it's... Uh, it's a hard, it's a hard path, but it's worth it. Every step of the way is worth it. And at the end of it, if you do it and you race towards God, you will be the happiest person on the planet and everything in your life will line up perfectly. hundred percent. Inshallah. That was beautifully put together, bro. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. On. Uh, sister and uh, brother Rami, do you guys have anything you want to add before we wrap up the stream? Inshallah. The only thing I want to say is, um, subhanAllah, you know, it, it's amazing when, when someone just accepts Islam because the Prophet, peace be upon him, he had mentioned that Islam forgives all sins. So, you know, no matter what a person has done in their life, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forgiven them for it. 
any yes. transgression that they've done against themselves, against God, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala completely wipes their slate clean. And it's, it's as if they're a newborn baby. Yeah, and that should be something that is um, said more also because I bet a lot of people who think they've done a lot of bad, they probably get scared about that. But it's like, this is your chance to be reborn. Like, I know I've done, I haven't been the best of persons my whole life, but I know from this moment right here on, I feel like my sins are forgiven through this becoming a Muslim and every step that I take from here on out, I mean, it is in the step of light and righteousness. And I promise that I will not stray away from that. This, this means so much to me, bro. Like I, I just want to explode right now. Cause like, I can't wait to like get into it, to keep reading and to just spread the love around. It's just love is beautiful. And on top of that, and on top of that, every Muslim that I have come across, it's just the nicest, most. I went to the gas station the other day, and uh, the guy was there. And he said, I was like, I had my beads on. I had my beads. And he was like, oh, you Muslim? And I was like, no. But I was like, I'm, I'm really thinking about, you know, converting. And he was like, oh, he's like, you really should. He's like, you look like one. You look like one. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, that's funny. He's like, but no, he's like, you really should. He's like, you know what? Take my number down. This is my name. He's like, if you need any help with anything, if you're going through something, or anything, he's like, just text me. We'll talk about it. Bro, let me tell you, that right there, that was my solidifier for this. Because I was like, I don't even know this man. He done gave me his number, told me to reach out to talk if I'm depressed or whatever, going through it. I'm like, this is what it's about. The brotherhood, the sisterhood, everything about it is just so unreal that it's too real. And it's so beautiful that, and then besides that, it's like, you don't join for, you know, you don't, you don't become a Muslim for, for that. It's a big part of it. But God, man, God is the one, the one that you need to do this for. So um, I want to, I want to, I want to just say, bro, I agree with that. God is the one because we all do these things for the sake of Allah. That brother at the gas station, he doesn't get money out of this, bro. If he helps uh-huh. you, if he talks to you, everything we do as Muslims, as believers is for the sake of Allah. We want to earn the pleasure of Allah and we don't want to earn the displeasure of Allah. And because right. of, we do make an active effort to strive for mm-hmm the best performing top quality brothers and sisters in the community that we can with muslims especially with muslims yeah 100 percent, bro like and that's what i that when i when i saw that i was like he's not looking for no money he's not looking i didn't tell him anything about my life about what i do for work and nothing he genuinely genuinely looked me in the eyes and was just like if you need help let me know bro i talked to a, a million people not one person has said that to me or have ever said that to me. It took the, the one Muslim guy at the gas station to do that, you know, like, and it's just a beautiful thing, man. And like, ever since then, it's funny. Like now, now I see things. I saw a dude praying on his carpet, like by his car. Now I'm just seeing it everywhere. Now that it's like, you know, I'm submerged. But it's a beautiful thing, man. Every Muslim that I've met has been so just heartwarming, just loving and, want to help a stranger out you don't know me from nothing and you want to give me your number you want to help me out that's beautiful brother you know and like i'm the same way i'm the same way i always try to help people out bro if i see somebody struggling i'll hand them money no matter what i'll even offer them jobs like you what do you want to get off the street you want to come make 20 dollars an hour you know like let's go like i'm I, i love giving to people i love helping people so like when that dude did that for me it really like made me understand like i was like this is for me. This is for me. This makes sense. How can I not want this? You know what I'm saying? And like, look at you guys. You guys, you guys got, you know, decent little following. 
just the fact that you guys messaged me back on Instagram like that quickly, and then you, um, how do you pronounce your name, brother? I just want to get when you messaged me back that quickly, that that meant a lot to me too. To know you, I know you guys are busy. You guys are running your own life, but bam, it was like that, and it was like, look, we're right here. We're our, we did it. I appreciate you guys, bro, so much, bro, for oh, real, bro. Mila, Mila loves you and keep you steadfast in the in the dean. Um, I do want to make a quick one. Okay. This is not fear-mongering. Got to give a big disclaimer. But anyone that is out here accepting that Islam is the truth, they know intuitively this is the reality, this is the truth. There's no difference in opinion. There's no doubt about it. Don't give in to the whispers of shaitan, to the wiswas. Do not. Because you will get these intrusive thoughts like, oh, I'm not ready to give up this. I'm not ready to give that up. I'm not ready to quit this or quit that substance. I, I know I got to pray five times a day now. I'm not ready for that. Nothing is more important than in the eyes of Allah, you taking that step to testify that there's none worthy of worship except Allah and the Prophet Muhammad is his last and final messenger. Nothing is more important than that. I don't care if you do that and continue to sin. I'm, I'm obviously, we shouldn't. But it's better that you take that step and work on yourself than not take that step. Be like, you know what? Let me work on myself before I take that step. Because in the latter situation, it's not guaranteed that you're even going to take that step. Right. Right. You're you're hundred percent right. And you're speaking to me like directly with that because I came from heavy American lifestyle, bro. Like drinking all the time, getting hammered. I smoked a pack of cigarettes a day for a heavy long time, you know. I'm I've been quit now for like two and a half years. Um drinking. I literally like even even coming up to this, like I haven't been drinking like partying every single night, you know what I'm saying? But like I've, I, I've been slowing it down, but bro, I've been waiting for this because, like, I know what you said. Like, don't do it after whatever. I've been, I've been, I've been doing all I can before this moment right here. Let's just say that. And now that this moment is here, it's all gonna happen because I know that I can't let down my my God. And I know now, especially now that I'm here, He's watching. So anything that I do, and I know of it, it's almost like a sin, sin. You know, because mm. it's like I know that I done. Now I'm a Muslim. I know God. I know God's here. I know what it is. I know what's right and wrong. And if I choose to do that, knowing that, I feel like it's even worse than just like not knowing that and then doing the sin. You know what I'm saying? So that that's what's gonna guide me to stay righteous, bro. Honestly, I promote I, sober mind is the best mind. You know what I'm saying? You can get high off of love and you can get high off of helping people and. Just doing this. This is my high right here, talking to you guys, you know, and feeling the love and, and spreading the love. That's that's how I'm gonna do it. Just being a family man, being a great father, teaching my kids how to how to be awesome and um and become successful, obviously. Number one, too. And <laughs> the love, bro. What yes, a wonderful sir. point to end it on. I say we wrap it up. Um, unless you two have anything to say. And I don't know why, bro. Like I have this this deep inclination that not only are we gonna do what we can to help you, but I see your energy as a perfect fit for a man that can give a da'wah. You know what I mean? And, and that's to anyone, not just limiting it to anyone that doesn't have that energy, but you have that vibe about you that you're passionate about it. And that's something that people of da'wah need and require. Not to be overzealous now, not to be no, no, too no, much no. in people's face, but the perfect balance of like having that that love for the deen and wanting love for other people what you what you want for yourself you know what i mean you yes, should sir. want for other people what you want for yourself we're not out here oh, gatekeeping sir. anything we're not a religion that says you got to be born into it now come on now we got to spread right. it right exactly okay. exactly brother yeah um bro um my energy is very high bro like i've i've opened my mind 
so so heavy you know and I've, i'm very i've educated myself on so many things so many platforms i've been through so many things i've been a bad person i've been through so many experiences to know how to deal with people and to really be kind for me to be kind now to be this person now is like a marvelous thing because i definitely was just like a bad boy you know but um yeah, man, I love the energy. I love I love talking to intellects as well. Um, just to keep educating myself. Oh no. Uh oh. He bleeds strikes again. Student mode. Uh there we go. We got him. Did I, did I cut out? Yeah. Your, your audio's a little little choppy now. Can you hear me good? No? It's it's okay. It's staticky, but we're kind of nearing the end of the stream anyway. So I think we got the main messages across, alhamdulillah. Ah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah, if you guys want to set up the group chat or whatever you guys want to talk later, let me know. Um, I appreciate you guys so much, bro. I watch you all the time. Um, that kid, Don, or I think that's his name, the, the kid who's spouting all that. Young Don. <laughs> that was, bro, that was the craziest thing. That kid, that kid needs some help. He needs, he needs a lot. He needs somebody to sit down with him and really, and really talk to him because he's just yeah, saying, he's just saying, just, just, just like things that you know, general statements that anybody can say. But it's like he's lost. That boy's lost, though, and I can see it. He's not genuine about his own religion. Like you can see people that are genuine about their religion, and they, they got something to say. It's like this kid. You feel, I feel like he just hopped on it. And he's just making like a mockery of his own religion or whatever. Whether he's a Christian, and he's making a mockery of of Muslims and everybody around just the way he acts. But I don't want to get too deep into that. I did peep that, and I needed to bring that up to you. Like that kid. He needs some. He needs some help, bro, for sure. Hopefully, we can we can talk to him one day. Make dua, make dua for Young Don and all the brothers and sisters too. You know, Allah says in the Quran, it's not the eyes that are blind, but it's the hearts. Yeah. And Allah is the center of hearts. Nobody else. Make dua for Allah for anyone that you guys care about getting hidayah, inshallah, and for just mankind in general, inshallah. So, Rami, bro, do you want to end it off? Yeah. With that being said, barakallah fikum for everyone who attended and stayed towards the end. Put hashtag Jonathan in the chat if you stayed this long and made it for the shahada. Jazakallah khair, uh, sister, for joining us and brother Jonathan for joining <laughs> us and taking your shahada. And with that being said, Allahumma atina fi dunya hasana wa fi akhirati hasana wa kina adab nar. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you guys so much, brother.